Hello everyone, this is Tanika Drake and I am going to share a book with you that I've written called The Gift of Finding God's Love, Guilt and Shame Turned into My Shine. Please check that book out either on Barnes & Noble or you can find it at Amazon or any place where you can get that book. Remember, it is not okay for anyone to hurt or harm you. Please check that book out and happy reading everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast on the WITRN network. Come join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time for Sunday worship. Bible study is held on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We are located at 3006 North Lindbergh Boulevard Suite 711, St. Louis, Missouri, 63074. All are welcome and we look forward to seeing you soon. Welcome to the Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast on the WITRN Network. Come join us as we study the Word of God together. Go get your Bible and let's see what the Holy Spirit is saying to us today. Sunday, we started talking about prayer, and uh, we read Luke chapter 11, 1 through 4. So, Frida, go ahead and read that so we can start off with our main scripture, because we're going to discuss prayer. We're going to probably be discussing prayer for the rest of this month, and then uh, Sister Brown is going to teach a class in February, all right? So, we, but we're in Luke, so we, but we're going to be discussing prayer. Go ahead. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. Amen. So we, we see that, again, we talked about that on Sunday, that that short version of the prayer that was in uh, Matthew are two different times. One was in Galilee, and we know he got kicked by reading Luke. We know he got chased out of Galilee, and this was in Judeo Capernaum. Uh, and one of his disciples told him, again, teach us how to pray like John the Baptist. And I'm not going to go through that again. But obviously, they observed John the Baptist praying, and they really had a high respect for John the Baptist. So they wanted Jesus to teach them how to pray like John the Baptist. But if you think about it, Jesus is the one, before he's incarnate, taught John the Baptist how to pray to him. But of course, they didn't know that. Like I told you, the more I'm reading about these disciples, they didn't understand half the things that was going on. You know, and that gives us some kind of, it makes me feel good. You know why? Because that means I got, that means when I feel like I don't understand, I'm in good company. Amen. So I can gain an understanding. So let's go ahead and talk about this. Prayer. When you think of prayer, uh, Frida, you can go to the board. You, when you think of prayer, what do you, what do you think of, uh, let's start over here. First table, Joyce, what do you, when I think, when I say prayer, 
Uh, give me something to, about prayer that you think about. When you're praying, what do you, what do you think? Give me one word. Prayer, what? Think of God when you say prayer. Okay, put one over the left hand side, God. So we pray to God. All right. All right. Next. Just gonna I, was go gonna, I was gonna say talking to God. We okay, she already got that with what prayer? Um a need. A need? That's good. I like that. We pray our and our, for our needs. Okay. Praise. Praise. Three. The praise. Okay. Give ear to the word. Give ear. Okay. To the word. All right. Are we over here now? That's a petition. Petition. Okay. Good word. Petition. Okay. Frida, do you have a one? Niece, you got one? Meditation. Meditation. Okay. Meditation. That's a good one. And Frida, you last. Miss Luweda, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think of encouragement. Encouragement. Okay. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. And what I would say, what'd you say for you? Hmm. I was going to say talking to God, but I guess uh, lamenting, being sad. Okay. Lament. Lamenting. Look at her. Theological student. Lamenting. <laughs> Go on working, man. I ain't mad at you. Go on work that work that education. Amen. All right. I'm not gonna give one because you guys have pretty much covered a lot that I would say. But I'm gonna give you uh, what I've learned. So free to start another list right next to it. Mm -hmm. And 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 some of you already said this. We have praise. Number one is praise. Uh, number two is uh, uh, affirmation and thanksgiving. Or oh, appreciation. No, I'll put appreciation, thanksgiving. I'll just put thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. That's number two. Affirm, number three, affirm God's holiness. Number four, tell me when you're ready, Frida. I'm ready. Uh, four would be search to be obedient. Number five, confession. Number six, selflessness. Uh-huh. Yep, selflessness. I'm trying to think, do I want to give this one? Uh, restoration. And eight, humility.
And, and again, you may come up with more or less, but this is what I came up with based upon the things I saw in the word of God. Okay. So in that model of prayer that we just read in uh, Luke chapter 11, verses one through four, you could probably see all of those elements in it. Okay. Pastor, uh -huh. I have one question. Mm-hmm. What about the word repentance? Well, that's that that'd be a confession. Okay. Yeah. But you can put up there, put repentance. Or either slash repentance behind oh. confession. Okay, put half hyphen repentance. Or just put repent. Okay. So, this is what we have in prayer. All right. So what we're going to do today is I have three prayers to look at. And where we're going to do is analyze the prayer. So, so pay a close attention. The first prayer is what I talked about in service. I didn't read it in service, but I talked about the prayer with Hannah. Now, we know, and, and, and one of the other things I want to put there, Frida, is uh, 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 whatever mine was, uh, issues of the heart. Issues of the heart on my side. Issues of the heart. Okay? We know what, ha what happened to Hannah in chapter 1. All right? We know that uh, 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 chapter 1 of Hannah, it says that she was childless and that she prayed silently in the temple. And we know that well, let's go to it. Let's look at it. Let, let's let's look at it. Then I'll ask you, where would you put her prayer out of the, the words that both of us said? So go ahead, chapter one started. Uh, go ahead and start. Samuel. Uh huh. Samuel. Start when she goes to the temple. I'm thinking. Of, I think that's around verse four. <clears throat> On the day of and not sacrifice. Okay, but to give Hannah. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her. Okay, keep going. And her rival used. No, go, okay. what's it, verse 10? Um, 10, she was deeply distressed and prayed to him. There you go. You want to Just. Okay. Go ahead. First, 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 first we're going to get to it. 1-10. 1-10. Thank you. Starting at 1-10. Thank you. First Samuel 1-10. Go ahead. She was deeply distressed. And prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall touch his head. Okay. What kind of, all of those words up there, what kind of prayer you think that was? Issues of the heart. Petition. Issues of the heart. Anything else? It might not be. That's what I'm asking. You know how this go now. So don't don't look at me thinking I'm going to give you answers. I want to hear what you guys think. Is that it? Out of them words up there? Or could you think of another word that may need to be up yes. there? Huh? Well, I think it was selflessness too. Okay. All right. Yeah, you think, why do you think it was selflessness? Because she was praying to God to give her something that she didn't have. And she... She was she was selfishness in the way that she prayed to him. Okay. And her words. So wouldn't you say that honored God? Yes. Mm -hmm. Humility. Humility. Thank you. 
that affirm his holiness. Look at her. She's using the word God. She's using the word Lord. She's affirming who who this source this source could who could change the matter. Mm -hmm. She's honoring him. All right. So we see that Hannah's first prayer was to the Lord. It was to receive something out of her heart that she wanted, which we understand culturally as a woman back in the days of uh, uh, of Israel, having children was your value. It's, it shows, shows how we have changed. Having children was a woman's value. It was important for the nation. They followed the, the law that said, be fruitful and multiply. Okay. Without women, there is no nation. And without women having children, there is no nation. All right. And again, the enemy of God has decided to trick us into, into not, into not having children because that's less people he that can come to the Lord. That's true. That's less people can come to the Lord. That's, so that's less people gonna have to be able to preach the gospel. See, the devil got some good stuff, got some interesting ways he does things that if you just take a step back, you can see it. It's right there in front of you. Especially in America. We we Sodom and Gomorrah on steroids. Okay? All right? All right? So we see that. That's good. All right, keep going for you to read. As she continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart. Only her lips moved, and her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli took her to be a drunken woman. And Eli said to her, how long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. Okay. Yeah. But Hannah answered, No, my Lord, I am a woman troubled in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been poured, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. So we see that Hannah that, that, that call go ahead. <laughs> Hannah Hannah was praying, but what was happening? Her lips weren't moving. And her lips were moving, but there's no sound coming out. So in the New Testament, that's prayers that cannot, words will not be uttered. So you can pray in silence. You don't always have to be running your mouth. Sometimes things get so desperate for you that you could, that you just have to do that. All right. So Hannah was doing that. Eli, the priest thought she was what? Drunk. And like I said, which was weird because I know when people get drunk, they don't get silent. <laughs> they run their mouth too much. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. But I guess in them days, they look, she, he looked at it as that. You know? But behind what I know about his sons, I guess he was trying to find somebody to blame something on. The way his sons was clowning. But the, 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 the thing I want you to see is, it's back to what we said. Right then in the scripture it says, she was praying from her heart. She was praying from her heart in humility, petitioning God, looking for satisfaction. All right. So we got we got that prayer. So we got the prayer of her petition. Now let's go to chapter two. Chapter two, verse one. This is her prayer after she gets the baby. OK, so let me ask you before we start reading. Was the, what was the what up there? Do you see that you think that she she gets the baby that she's petitioning for? What do you think she starts off with? Praise, Praise and what? Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving. Let's see. Go ahead. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart exalts in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. So think about it. I want somebody to count how many times she said the word Lord or God. Let's read that again. 
My heart exalts in the Lord. Mm -hmm. My horn is exalted in the Lord. So it's she's giving exhortation. Hold on, we got we got more to go. Don't stop. Just, <laughs> yeah, we got a lot to go. It's a long prayer. So 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 far we see exhortation, and we see we see exhortation. She ain't said thanks yet. All right, she's giving God praise. She's honoring God and who He is. She she's she's calling Him my Lord, personal. All right, go ahead. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. Mm -hmm. Now we get now we getting into the Thanksgiving part. Go ahead. There is none holy like the Lord, for there is none besides you. There is no rock like our God. So that's affirming his what? Holiness. Okay, go ahead. Talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge. Okay, we talking about now, she said, do not be arrogant. That's a sign of what? Humility. Humility. Go ahead. And by him, actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble bind on strength. I think what we didn't say up there is honor his power. Because right then, she's honoring his power. Okay? So free to write up there once we finish. Once we finish honoring power. Let's see if we get anything else. Go ahead. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry have ceased to hunger. The burden has borne seven. I'm sorry. The barren has borne seven, but she who has many children is forlorn. The Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down to Sheol and raises up. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and he exalts. Now think about this. What another? What word would we use? Because she said the Lord does, the Lord does this, the Lord does that. How does the Lord do that? Out of his what? Sovereignty. Out of his sovereignty. So we need to put that up there. Go, so we'll go put them up there. His sovereignty and power. God does things based upon what he wants. Okay? He's honoring her prayer. Not because she's so great, because that serves his purpose. And see, what we have to understand about prayer is one of the things that we have to seek in God's prayer is what? God's what? God's will. Thank you. God's will. Not our will, but his will. But again, sometimes we petition God. We're asking God to pay attention to what we do. But we always got to keep him back in our mind. God may not decide to honor what we want because we ask amiss according to our flesh and according to our passions. And again, since we have a Christianese language, we know how to make it. We know how to make we know how to make it sound holy with all the, uh, the great words. You know, we know how to make it sound holy. We got a, we got a whole we got a whole language that we talk. And again, be, quit being, you know, quit being quit being so ignorant to the things of the, of, of the flesh. Okay, the flesh would love to trick, continue to trick God. Okay, and and God knows you can't fool Him. So why not just come to Him straight? Don't beat around the bush. Don't go around the corner when a straight line will do. Sometimes you you just need to be honest with God. Now if that's your language, fine. But you know when you God ain't tripping off of that. He, he, you know, he, he, you know, I got a poem that I'm going to share with y'all, not today, but maybe next time, where a guy talks about joining the church, right? And he wrote a book about this, and he said, basically, he would consider joining the church, but he's a bus driver. 
And he's comparing what goes on in church to being a bus driver. And he says, being a bus driver, you got to speak to people plain. But in church, there is this up and down, this language that the that the preacher preaches and teaches from that's different. And he says, I actually talk to more people plainly than he talks to people. But yet and still, in church, with the church people, there's this language that's not that's not normal. It's a language that's that that is high and mighty that makes the person who come through the door feel bad just off the top because they don't speak the same language. See, walking truth, we don't want to we don't want to ever be like that. I want you to greet people genuinely like you greet anybody else. And if you don't greet people with that, you know, praise God, da, 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 that's not what you normally do. Don't do that to people because they can see through that Amen. and they get intimidated by that. Yes. If you try to draw them in, just say, hey, how you doing? Like, and I give you for instance, like Sister Loeda did with Bianca. And I've seen Sister Loeda do that a couple of times where she just meet them right where they at. And she start talking about, she talks to them about where they at. And then she, she brings in God. But she doesn't overwhelm them with Christianese in the beginning. You know, when you witness the people, witness the people out of a pure heart and the way you talk. Crow like you crow. You know, don't, don't you know, don't, don't use theological words. If there's, if there's a plain word, that's better. <laughs> All right. You know, Pastor, you said something when you were talking to us about that, mm -hmm. and that's church people. Because mm -hmm. there's a difference between church people mm -hmm. and God's people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And again, God's people can be people that are churched. Mm -hmm. I don't want to limit. I don't want to limit. But but normally, church people focus on the building, the structure, the religious rites and rituals, mm -hmm. the robes, the collars, and all of that stuff. As if that is holy. Yes. Let me let me let me give you for instance. If Jesus died on the cross and the the holiness, the ones who walked around holy, and He condemned them, why did we pick that stuff back up? He condemned them for dressing up and and, and the outward appearance yes. being such, yes. and 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 their hearts not being right. Yes. But we picked it up. I mean, you can Google it when you go home. Google what's the black robe for. What's the purple shirt for? What's the red shirt for? What's the collar for? What's all this stuff for? It's external. And it don't mean nothing to God. And I got that stuff. You know, I got that stuff because I was in an organization that required that stuff. But it don't mean nothing. Because I've watched people who wear that stuff quickly take it off when their shoes is under somebody else's bed. Okay? I mean, I'm just being honest. Just because they got a collar on and wearing a Cossack, they don't even know why they're wearing a Cossack. Cossack is a European, like, German thing. You can Google that. You can find, it's kind of interesting when you find out all that. But you think about this. Man-made religions always have to have a front. That's true. An appearance of pious and holiness. But Jesus said, you look that way, but your hearts are far from me. You know, I'd rather deal with somebody, you know, yeah, if you want your pastor in a suit, fine. You want your, whatever you want. That's what you want. Mm -hmm. But that don't mean your pastor holy. That's right. You judge what high holy is by the way he teaches you, and he carries himself outside of here. Amen. Amen. And the same thing with you. Amen. I'm not, I mean, yeah, we could do the dress hat thing, and that's great. Whoever wants to do it, I don't knock it. I don't knock it. I don't want nobody. No, if you want to dress up and come to church and wear the best outfit you can, but you better that outfit better match your heart. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, let's do it like this. Your heart better be better than your outfit you got on. Amen. So when we pray, yeah, when we pray, all right, 
Keep reading. He raises up the poor from the dust. Mm -hmm. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. Do you see the equality of God in that? Like God really is not a respect a person. He'll take a poor person and make him a prince and take a prince and make him poor. Yes, the rich man is a slave to his riches and he gives them up to become a slave to God. The poor man is a slave to the rich man, but then becomes a slave of God. Both become a slave of God. All right, go ahead. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's and on them he has set the world. See how she's just giving honor to God. She's, she's talking about the glory of God. You know, the respect for God, affirming his holiness, affirming his power, affirming his sovereignty. And again, you might not hit on all of these, but to me, that's important. Reverence, reverence to God. Reverence. That's important. You don't pray with reverence. Just be quiet. Just be quiet. Just just don't give him your watch list without giving his reverence. God loves to be revered. And you know what? Rever Do you know what reverend actually means? Does anybody know? When somebody calls somebody reverend, fear. Yeah, we should never call nobody reverend but God. Because that man that's sitting over there don't need to be feared like God. But see how we adopt stuff? And the average person don't even know what the word reverend means, but want to be called reverend. I don't really, you know, I don't I don't require no title called me, but people call me reverend. And I understand, see, the thing about this, once you understand where it comes from myself, there's some kind of person. If I understand something, I can deal with you calling me that because I understand, so that means I still got the power. Because you're not defining me. I know what it means. You don't know what it means. You think it means something else. That's fine. But I don't really care because I understand what it really means. Only one we should reverence is God. He deserves that. He's the only one thing that can take something low and bring it up or take something high and bring it down. He's the only one that can do that with with a, with just a blink of an eye. <laughs> you know, he don't need a whole bunch of stuff. He When he decides to move, there's nothing that can stop him. Okay, there's nothing that can stop him. When we enter into his course, we enter into his course with praise and thanksgiving. That's how we come to God. Okay, he's not our coffee buddy. All right. I'm going to keep saying that till somebody get it. All right. He's not your coffee buddy. He's not the one you drink Coca-Cola with or have a beer with. He's God. Or your genie. Yeah, or your genie that you rub and, and you produce a whole bunch of religious activity. He got to perform because you done did this. See, when you want, when you relate, when you, when you relate to God on performance, you always got to be concerned because if the next person performs better than you, they can beat you out. Competition. You know, Sister Brown's smarter than me. And if God said, well, brother, you just don't match up. I say, why not? Because Sister Brown's smarter than you. So, no, I'm going to base it on performance. Thank God he bases on faith. Yes, yes, yes. But even in faith, he's still sovereign to say, I have something better for you. God's prayers are always answered, but we don't think it's answered because we listen temporally and not spiritually. When I understand spiritual things, I understand my prayers are always answered and God has the right and the responsibility and the authority to do whatever he pleases with my prayer. Yes, yes, yes. And sometimes what I've learned is when God don't answer my prayer like I have wanted it to be, mm -hmm. he's actually doing something else. If it's truly a good prayer and it's not according to my passions, he'll do something else that will amaze me. A seemingly above all I can ask, think, and imagine. Mm -hmm. he'll, he'll move in that area. Yes, he 
of your prayer and saying, good prayer, but I got something better. Mm -hmm. And now you're in the, with the part of you got to trust God. So another part of prayer is when you pray, trust, your, trust God. Trust. trust God. So put trust up there. Because why would you pray to somebody you can't trust? Why would you pray to somebody you can't trust? That's a weak God. And why would you pray to a God that's made by your hands? Whoa. I mean, it's an idol. It don't have any power. There's no inanimate object made by the hands of man that have any power. Nope. None whatsoever. You give it power, but think about this. Once you die, it doesn't have any power. You can pass on all the crosses and all the memorabilia you want. It ain't got no power. You you you, you plan. Temporal stuff. That book is not is, is that book is not holy within itself. The ink is not holy. The paper is not holy. What's holy is who wrote it, not the ink and the paper. So do we revere the word of God? Yeah, but to be scared to put it on the ground? Come on, come on, really? All right in it. All right in it. Come on, really, saints? Like it's gonna do something? If God gonna see you to hell for putting that on the ground, you already good as gone. Because you'd have done much worse than that. Yes, yes, yes. Okay? What about in Africa when they don't have a table? They got to lay it on the ground. You think God's saying, oh, they, you know, America, they don't put them on the ground. In Africa, y'all better find a tree to put it in or something. No. God is not petty like that. It'll leave you a lot of stress if you just start opening your spiritual mind and start thinking spiritually like, you don't have to do all of that. Okay? You don't have to play this game of performance with God because that's a performance thing. All right. Go ahead. Fred. Good. You have something to say? Anybody? Right. So far. All right. Go ahead. Freedom. He will guard the feet of his faithful ones, but the wicked shall be cut off in darkness. So we got protect in prayer. Prayer. She's saying that God will protect those who he loves. Watch. Go ahead. For not by for not by might shall a man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Against them, he will thunder in heaven. So protection, put protection up there. So it says the adversary gods will be broken. Not sometime, all the time. So why should you worry when somebody's an adversary of God? They gonna be broken. Either they'll be broken on this side or they gonna be broken on the other side. But they gonna be broken. The wicked don't get away with it. And I, if I was wicked, I think I'd rather take my punishment over here because that's eternity over there. And there is no end to it over there. And you know why God lets the evil happen? So people turn to him. That's the only reason. He wants things to be so bad that eventually you make up your mind and turn to him. It's not that he, 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 he loves evil. No. He knows that you won't turn to him if it's all good. Because he got two, three, four thousand years of history with mankind. And every time man was good, we read in the Old Testament, they go through the period of, of getting delivered. And a couple of generations down, when everything is going good, they turn away from God. And go right back to where they were. Yeah, I mean, that, that's mankind. To church is the same. You know, when I say back in the past, I mean up to now, up to this minute. This very second. Some of you, yeah. me too, too. That's true. You have to learn to love God enough to praise him when you're up Hallelujah. and praise him when you're down yeah. and everywhere in between. Hallelujah. That's a, that's the thing that you have to discipline yes. yourself yes. to do. Yes. Yes. 
Because you'll be like most people. I'm ready to pray to him now something went wrong. The CIAs of life done caught up with me. And now I'm ready to give God some praise and some thanks. Or let me go find a saint that'll pray to get me out of my situation. And, and they'll pray for you to help you out your situation. And God, out of his mercy, not of their prayer, out of his mercy, because you're a full-blown heathen, comes along, delivers you, and you still won't turn. You still won't turn. You're like, thank you. I'll be back the next time. I used to be like that. My, and I'm going to tell y'all, y'all told y'all, who's the person I ran to when I always got in trouble? I told y'all this before. Who y'all think it was? No. Apostle Gail. That was my go-to. Before I got saved and everything, if something went wrong in my life, because she was in the church, and I believe she was a woman of God, I'd run to her. And she prayed for me, and and hold up, I might, it, it, something happened, I'll come out of it, I don't talk to her for three more weeks. Let alone give God some thanks. Because I figured it out. I say, shoot, all I got. Think about my, my flesh mind. All I need to do is go where? To her. I never thought I had to go to God. I never thought I had to go to God. I figured I'd go to her. So in the essence, she became my God, right? Yes, she did. She became my idol because I didn't go straight to God. I went to her because I thought she had a connection that I couldn't have. And it's not her fault. So I don't want y'all to think this is anything. I, this is me doing this. People do believe that. People believe that. Mm -hmm. Pastor, you you got you. No. Oh, what I got is salvation and you can have the same power I got if you get saved. The war room was a trick on. And I'm going to say this. The war room the movie was a trick on black women. Mm -hmm. To start making idols in their house. And some of them still do that. And they making these shrines in their house. God said he lives in a house that's not made by hands. He great. He's in you now. You don't need a building. You just need to be saved. You can build all of them. Think about this. Again, performance-based. If I build a shrine, and Sister Brown build a shrine, and you build a shrine, and you build a shrine, we all bring it to God. God's going to judge our shrines. He's not judging our hearts. He judging our creativity and our ability to make shrines, and I'm sure I'll, the create the some of the best the be, one of the greatest creative people in here is Sister Carolyn. She could probably make a shrine better than all of us. And now we sitting back mad at her because God accept her shrine, but God didn't ask for no shrine. He didn't ask for crosses on every window. Got a situation right now going on with our saints, and watch this: lady had a place. And this is important. Lady had a place, a rental property. She's a so-called Christian. She went into the place when the person moved out and found witchcraft books. Okay? She takes the books out, she burns them. Fine. Now, what she wants the saints to do is this. Now, this is where this is the part. I got no problem with all of that up to this point. She says she wants the saints to come by and pray in every room. And then she wants the saints to write on the walls their favorite scripture. And then on top of that, then you're going to paint over it. And her mindset is that seals in the power of God when you write it on the wall and you paint over it. And that seals in the protection. That's witchcraft. Yeah. She can't see that, but she call herself a Christian. But the story get deeper. But I'm just saying that don't do nothing. And think about this. Think about this. Think about this. If you, you being evil at one time, if you was a demon, 
Would you rather occupy an empty building or a person? A person. So why are you worried about inanimate objects? See, a lot of times, a lot of that stuff we bring upon ourselves by the way we think. That don't do nothing. If greater is he that's in me, think about this. One saint can walk in the room in that house and just pray for the house. Pray. That's all you got to do. But they want a whole bunch of saints to come by and basically do like a, a seance. And they do a seance and then write on the walls and all that stuff. Then they're going to paint over the wall to seal in the goodness of God. Come on, saints. Yeah. Like the devil scared of some smoke. He said, there be smoking with you. Be like, give me some of that. You think I'm scared of that? Well, they told me it works. Come on, y'all. You got to get prayer does work, but it's the prayer of who? The righteous. And the righteous don't do that. We, we, we know the Bible says the prayers of one can send how many to flight? A thousand. And two ten thousand. And guess what? I don't have to be there. So I told this saint, don't you go in that house and do none of that. Pray from where you at. And they, and they understood what I was saying. I say, think about this. In the history of the Bible, show me one place where, where God was worried about a building being possessed. From Genesis to Revelation. He ain't worried about buildings. He worried about the people who build the buildings. <laughs> the building. The building? Really? All right. Go ahead, Frida. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king. And exalt the horn of his anointed. That means exalt horn, the power of his anointed, mm -hmm. the, the people of God. Mm -hmm. Okay? Go ahead. That's the, That's the end of her prayer. All right? So we saw a whole bunch of things in her prayer. But the one thing I wanted you to notice, she was humble. She talked about God's sovereignty. She praised God, gave thanksgiving. And this is all for one child. Mm -hmm. One. Mm -hmm. That's a godly woman. Hannah's a godly woman because Hannah prayed before she got it and Hannah prayed, thank God, after she got it. And she then went on with her life. Okay? That's why I tell you women, you women are built to worship God. If you want to. If you want to. Because if you don't want to, you don't have to. But but you're uniquely built for to love God. And, and, and man is built to carry God's word without compromise. If he wants to. So when you have the balance of the godly man and the godly woman, there's nothing that they can't accomplish. And let me give you another thing. The devil and his ranking are on all one accord. That's why they get so much accomplished. It's the children of God don't understand the power of being on one accord, not only in our mindset, but also in our prayers and how we look at God in our prayers. We don't need to pray the same thing, but we need to pray the same way. And I don't mean verbiage. I mean attitude. Giving God praise. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Okay. Giving God praise. All right. Let's look at one more. Let's look at another prayer. Let's go to Daniel. Daniel chapter 9. 
Daniel chapter 9, start at verse 3. And I think Daniel goes down to actually like 20-something, 20 22 or 20. Daniel, Daniel 9, 9, starting at verse 3. Let's just start in Daniel 9 and 1. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, by descent of Mede, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, perceived in the books the number of years that, according to the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet, must pass before the end of the desolations of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. So we see that Daniel is a man that searches what? What does he search? The book, the, the Jeremiah. The scriptures. The scriptures. It's right there in front of you. Remember, you, all you got to do is look down. He searches the books, right? He's looking the books. The Bible says that we need to look through the books. You're looking everywhere else but in the book. You're telling me, you're telling me about all these books you're buying, but you ain't buying no, you ain't looking in the book. Trust me, when I give y'all a book, I vetted that book. I don't like popular uh, contemporary books. Don't come to me with a book from Jakes, Jones, y'all go through them, Creflo, none of them dudes. <laughs> Joyce Myers, none of them. Give me a book of holiness that's written like in 1800 and something, 1700 and something. Give me a book on prayer where, where, where you can see the word of God really working versus appealing to my flesh. Okay, I don't want. I don't, don't really waste your time telling me no book about a contemporary person, unless unless you invented them and you see that they're holy. Because I'm not going to waste my time with that. Because nine times out of ten, they're charismatic and they're and they're speaking into your flesh. And normally, somewhere in the book is about you giving some kind of money to somebody. Okay, it's not about the riches and the treasures of God that, that we see in Colossians chapter two. That all the treasures and the wisdom of God are in Christ Jesus. And see, what do we what do people do when they look for treasure? They 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 they, they dig for it, don't they? Amen. There's a there's a show called uh, uh, The Curse of Oak Island on the History Channel, on National Geographic. And these guys been digging at least for five years trying to look for a thing called the money pit. Still ain't found it. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if we dug in the word of God like that? And God said we can find what he got for us. If we just dig a little deeper yes, and quit being so superficial. Okay. So he's so, so we see that Daniel searches the scriptures and the scriptures said by Jeremiah, which we know Jeremiah 29, 11. And before that they going into captivity and there, and Daniel is reading from the position of they're in the captivity now. Okay. So he's looking back and, and confirming the scriptures. Cause guess what? It's been a long time. All right, go ahead. Then I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. So in other words, he looks at it as he needs to get in a proper frame of mind, which is fasting, sackcloth and ashes. All right. He needs to do that so he can get a position to pray. Now, did he actually need to do all of that? No. But it's okay. It ain't. It ain't. It ain't. It ain't evil, because that's what they did back in them days. Culturally, that's what they did. Even the heathens, when they were repenting to their false gods, would get in sackcloth and ashes. I don't. I'm thinking you just grab a whole bunch of ashes, start pouring on yourself. I have no idea dust or whatever. 
I don't know what that looks like, but you know, sackcloth is it just like a burlap bag? You just put your head in like a trash bag, and then you just sit around. I don't know. Okay, but whatever this sackcloth and ashes. So he says he's praying to his God, his Lord. Watch this. Go ahead. I pray to the Lord, my God. Lord, my God. Please, somebody count Lord, my God, and see how many times he say Lord, my God. So he just said it twice. All right, somebody, somebody will count that for me. All right, go ahead. And made confession. And made what? Confession. Got confession up there. What's his confession? Keep going. Saying, O Lord, the great and awesome God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. O Lord. We go, have go ahead. we have sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly and rebelled, turning aside from your commandments and rules. Stop right there. So we see confession, we see the honoring, we see the affirmation of his holiness. And what else do we see? Is he praying for himself or who is he praying for? He's praying for the people. The nation of Israel. Mm -hmm. He didn't say they they turned away. He said we turned away. Mm -hmm. Okay? But we know that Daniel is not one that turned away. Personally. Even though he was captured and, and, and became a Chaldean and, and was, was serving Nebuchadnezzar, he he stood on what he knew to do and where he could do it from. There was no more temple worship because the temple had been destroyed, but he would turn towards the temple when he prayed mm -hmm. of Jerusalem and pray. See, you don't need the building. Mm -hmm. You don't need the prayer closet. All right. And somebody's going to say, where it says go into your closet. OK, again, contextually, he's talking about the Pharisees and they would have these long robes on and they would stand. Now, imagine them standing on the corner with their eyes closed. And what they would do was take their hood, put over their face and close it off. That was their closet. It wasn't a place. That was their closet. And did that make them holy? No. OK. Some of them will walk around and pray and have somebody close their eyes and be in their closet and walk. Now, think about that. You do all that in the metropolitan area. You're doing that to be seen. If I went on some corner of St. Louis and had my Cossack on and had a and, and, and took a hood and put it over my head and stood there with it closed and with a Bible in my hand, people going to be honking like, what is he doing? Right. Somebody come and say, let me, let me jack him because, you know, let me make him take his Cossack off. I know his money under that robe. So, yeah, that don't make you holy. Go ahead. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. See, there's a difference between God's prophets and princes and kings and pastors and man's pastors. We know in America, 99% of the people listen to man's pastors. They don't want to hear God's men and women because God's men and women have to start with the sin first, like Daniel's doing. Daniel starts off with the sin of Israel. They don't want to hear that. I don't, you know, I heard that several times. I don't want to hear that fire and brimstone preaching. Of course you don't. Who does? But I gotta get you. I gotta get you to admit you're sinful because before I can get you saved, Amen. Amen. we want to start with the saved and try to work back to the sin. Once you tell them they saved and they ain't repented, it's gonna be hard to go backwards. Just deal with it up front. 
you save from sin. But if you never bring sin into the equation for their salvation, it cheapens their salvation because they said, well, the person never said nothing about sin. All they told me is God love me. God want me. God going to do this for me. God going to make it better for me. Yeah, but the better he makes right off the top is you save from the penalty and the power of sin. But we don't want to talk about that because it makes us nervous because we're worried about being accepted. Once you truly become a spiritual man and woman of God, you ain't worried about being accepted. You worry about getting your, the right message across. They're accepting it. Once you give the right message, it's not on your hands no more. It's between them and God and the Holy Spirit. It's not on them anymore. It's not on you anymore. The messenger. You gave the right message. Now you got to sit back and let it be what it is. As, they, as Ray Charles say, let it do what it do. You know, but you're trying to make it do what you want it to do. So you can get some glory. God will share his glory with no one. Remember that in your prayer. So don't be asking for glory. All right, go ahead. To you, O Lord, belongs righteousness. But to us, open shame. As at this day, to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and to all Israel, those, you, those who are near and those who are far away, in all the lands to which you have driven them, because of the treachery that they have committed against you. Notice he's still talking about they sin. He ain't playing. He going in. Go ahead. To us, O Lord, belongs open shame to our kings, to our princes, and to our fathers, because we have sinned against you. So for everybody, from the richest rich to the poorest poor, the most important and the most impotent. Okay, go ahead. To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness, for we have rebelled against him and have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God by walking in his laws, which he, which he set before us by his servants and prophets. All Israel has transgressed your law and turned aside, refusing to obey your voice and the curse and oath that are written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have po have been poured out upon us. So 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 you see that you see that uh uh Daniel had a commandment of the scriptures because he knew why it was happening. See, once you understand why stuff is happening, you can deal with it. Mm -hmm. See, Daniel understood that he said, I know where this came from. It was the curse that Moses said was gonna be poured out on us if we were disobedient. Mm -hmm. I know why why this is happening. Okay? So we know why it's happening here. Cause we, cause, cause as a nation, we've turned our back on God. Now there's a remnant always that is here trying to get people to wake up. And you think about this, how special the remnant is, because once the remnant is removed, God is going to judge America. The only reason he hasn't destroyed America as of today because there's a few righteous people in it. <laughs> yeah, at least 50. At least 10. There's a 10 righteous people still here. You know. So thank God. That he makes his decisions based upon righteousness. Not upon the majority. Go ahead. Because we have sinned against him. Mm -hmm. He has confirmed his words. Which he spoke against us and against our rulers who ruled us by bringing upon us a great calamity. Mm -hmm. For under the whole heaven, there has not been done anything like what has been done against Jerusalem. 
as it is written in the law of Moses. All this calamity has come upon us, yet we have not entreated the favor of the Lord our God, turning from our iniquities and gaining insight by your truth. See, there's only one truth and it comes from God. He just said it. He said, we have returned from our iniquity. We have returned. And the, and the Old Testament keeps telling us the same thing. New Testament, people turn. I ain't asking you to do nothing but turn. Turn, repent. That return, that word turn in the Hebrew means the same thing in the Greek as repent. And repent don't mean you go in a circle. Repent means you go in the opposite direction. And he's saying, we haven't turned into your truth. When you come to Christ, you turn into truth. Now, truth don't require you like it. Truth don't require you accept it. Truth is something that is so unique and it's not everybody has one. Everybody has an opinion, but everybody doesn't have truth. We ain't talking about a truth that we're all revolves around your desires. That's, that's passions. That's what God warned us about. We talking about the truth that don't change for ages. Like the word, like this truth, you'll reap what you sow. God said that. And if you live long enough, you know that to be true. You sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. You sow evil, you get evil. The only problem is on your reaping, you don't know how big that little seed of evil you sown. You can't control the rate of growth when it come back to you. And if you sow good, you can't control the goodness that can come back to you. God ain't, God is very even-handed. All right, go ahead. Therefore, the Lord has kept ready the calamity and has brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all the works that he has done. So God, so listen to what he's saying in your spirit mind. God brings evil to make man turn against him. Turn to him, I'm sorry. Turn to him. But the carnal mind think God does evil, so I'm going to what? Turn against him. But God says, I allow this stuff to happen, so they'll turn. So when stuff happened in this world, I ain't got to think about it twice. I just That trip right there tell you why he let it happen. And if he let it happen to Israel like that, guess what? He's let stuff like happen, happen right now. It's happening now. The devil ain't told y'all. He know he worked for God. He don't want to, but he has no choice because he's a created being. <laughs> he's old, but he's not eternal. Okay, don't let nothing in creation trick you. Okay, especially these modern day gurus. Mm -hmm. yeah, they, they just play it into your flesh. Go ahead. And we have not obeyed his voice. Mm -hmm. Obedience. There we go. We have. He admit we, we, we have not obeyed his voice. Go ahead. And now, O Lord, our God, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and have made a name for yourself. As at this day, we have sinned, we have done wickedly. O Lord, according to all your righteous acts, let your anger and your wrath turn away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy hill. Because of our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people have become a byword among all who are around us. So what he's saying is because the, the temple's been destroyed and because you let your people go into captivity, people are laughing at us. People are laughing at us because we've been so stupid. 
Isn't it interesting the pagan will follow their God to the T, but you can't follow the real God at all. The people who practice paganry, they are loyal. That's why it's good if you can get one of them to turn. Because if they turn, they, they'll, they'll, they will be loyal the same way. Yes. But they'll be loyal for the Lord. Yes. That's why we love when dope dealers, prostitutes, drug addicts, all those people. Because they got a sense of loyalty to what they like. Mm -hmm. And if you can turn them on to Christ, they'll be just as loyal. Yeah. Instead of addicted to drugs, they'll be addicted to the Lord. And the things of God. It's you bougie people that God got problems with. Because because y'all got some creature comfort, you think you blessed. And the devil will let you go to hell on top of a sort of perfect sleeper. And a lazy boy lounge chair, okay? And you thinking you done, you done made it because you done got some, a little bit of material favor. Go ahead. Now therefore, oh, our God, Listen to Have you noticed this? Oh, our God is a whole bunch of times. Anybody keeping track? Mm -hmm. yeah, I got 11. You got 11 so far? Okay, go ahead. Now, therefore, oh, our God, listen to the prayer of your servant and to his pleas for mercy. And for your own sake, oh, Lord, make your face to shine upon your sanctuary, which is desolate. Oh, my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations in the city that is called by your name. For we do not present our pleas before you because of our righteousness, but because of your great mercy. See, everything goes back. You say, we're not pleading based upon what we perform, our righteousness. We're basing it upon, put everybody on you. Uh, we, we base it upon, so we base it upon, his mercy. Mm -hmm. Okay? You can base it upon his mercy. That's what we do. All right? His great mercies, mercies. that he renews every day. Mercies. All right? That he renews every day. Mm -hmm. All right? So that's what we do. We base it upon that. Okay? Mm -hmm. And remember, you can't go to God with your righteousness. Mm -hmm. You have to go to him with your imputed righteousness. And where do you get that from? Jesus. 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 We have imputed righteousness. Mm -hmm. Righteousness that we did not earn. The grace righteousness, that's what we have. And we go to him with Christ in mind. Mm -hmm. Okay? Not with our own, we didn't did this, we didn't did that. Look at our church, look at our people. We so lovely, we so nice as a church. And it's okay for people to say that about our church. But again, remember, we that way because we, we, we follow Jesus. Okay? Some of y'all are not nice naturally. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> Amen. But thank God you found Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Go ahead. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. Well, let's stop there. Stop there. Let's stop there. Uh, we got five more verses. Go ahead. No, one more verse. Five more, oh, Lord. Okay, we got five more, oh, Lord. Y'all go back and read that yourself. That's a lot. Okay? Uh, let's run to John chapter 17. We're going to see the Lord's Prayer. Then we're going to get out of here. We, matter of fact, you know what? We're going to save that for the next time. So go to John chapter 17, uh, starting at verse 1, and it goes all the way down to round 20. So that's a lot. So we'll pick that up the next time. So you can y'all can read that. John 17, 1 through 20. We are basically, as you can see, all Hannah's prayer and uh, uh, Daniel's prayer follow our patterns, our framework. So what you can see is if you follow the framework, 
that is in uh, Luke chapter one of one through four, you will find yourself in good company. Now, you can you, you got to learn to pray, but just pray from your heart and be honest. You might not touch on everything, but the one thing I know you need to touch on is his holiness, his con your confession, his mercy, and your petition. Not according to to selfishness per se, because sometimes because she prayed for a son for herself, but she prayed for a son. For the nation. But I'm saying, don't pray into your physical passions. If you need money, there's nothing wrong with praying for it. You know, John 17, 1 through 20 okay. is what you can read next. But the framework that we hear is that short thing from uh, Luke chapter 11, 1 through 4. Now, check this out. Start reading from, start reading 1 through 4, then drift all the way, keep reading all the way down. And you're going to get to the point where we're going to go get the ask, seek, and knock, which has been taken totally out of context. Mm -hmm. And then it ends at the end, what we need to be seeking for, what we need to be asking for, and what we need to be knocking for. And it's not any and everything. It's nothing material. It's all spiritual. And I get when people are not going to understand the things I said today. Because these things are spiritually discerning. So don't get upset, saints of God, when you pray and you explain God to people that they don't understand. A couple of reasons. If they're a saint, you don't know where they're at maturity-wise. Mm -hmm. Just because you've been in church all their life, niece, just because they've been in church all their life, don't mean they ain't babies. A lot of them going to be Kevin and Kevin. Guess who's going to carry? Your child going to carry them in, uh, going to carry somebody that's 80 years old in, in their pumpkin seat. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine an 80-year-old person in a pumpkin seat? And a two-year-old carrying them across into heaven. Because God is no respecter of person. So don't assume because somebody looks holy that they are holy. They might have a lot of Christianese language. And don't assume because somebody prays you like the way they pray. That's great. It's always great to like somebody pray. But realize this. Their prayer no better than your prayer. And you might not pray as many with many words. It doesn't. It, it's the heart that God is looking at. And if Hannah's heart was, if the prayer for Hannah was silent and God heard her prayer, your prayer could be silent sometimes. I don't know if some of y'all have been in so bad a situation where you really can't say no words. But you're going to talk to God. We got to not be afraid to talk to our God. And the difference between, now what's the one blaring difference, but can you, if you call it, between them and, and what we can pray now? There's a little difference. Their slogan, their their starting point was our God, our God, the Lord. What can we say? Father. We can start off with Father. Abba Father. They didn't have the relationship that we have. And we have the relationship because of Christ. So your relationship is actually closer to God than their relationship is if you utilize it. That's up to you to call him Father. But don't call him Father if he's not your Father yet. You need to start the box. Stop it, oh Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, graciously, Father, I just thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your people. Continue to bless us as we study prayers. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in to today's teaching. We hope you have been inspired and encouraged. Please look in the description box for our contact information. 
All are welcome and we look forward to connecting with you soon. Be encouraged, blessed, and at peace and remember walk in truth.